Hey guys, I'm Jacinta Robinson and welcome to the Fearless Podcast, where I interview athletes who achieve incredible things or specialists in the area of health. Today, we're on a Zoom call with an inspiring athlete who has achieved incredible things since he lost his foot due to a work accident. The great thing about this guy is his mindset and I'm sure you'll be touched. I'd like to welcome Jed Altschwager. Well, welcome to the first Zoom call, Jed. I'm so excited yeah. to have you on board. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, mate. It's very interesting for me too. Yeah, it's totally different um, being across through the, um, the internet rather than in person, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. It's a sign of the times uh, currently, actually. Yeah, I'm sure it'll keep us all connected, the internet, and then it'll be interesting to see if we connect um, slightly a little bit different once this is all over, whether we'll value each other's time a little bit, you know, a bit more. Yeah, I think so, 100%. I reckon we will for sure. Um, but then, yeah, useful tool that the internet is is you can still feel so connected with people that you can't, you know, see every day like you used to and all that sort of stuff. So it's good. Yeah, cool. So for the, everyone listening, Jed, like we know, well, I know that you're in the um, Paralympics and that was through my understanding of losing your leg in a workplace accident in 2015. Yep. Now, before you get into and share what actually happened, I'd like to know, were you an athlete prior to being a rower? No, not at all. So just, just I'll just go to fix something there. Like I haven't actually, hopefully I will be uh, named in the Paralympic team, but we haven't named teams yet. Um, uh, we still got selection. You in that you already put me in, mate. Thank you. I've just got to stop here because sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, what if I don't make it, you know? So uh, trials will now probably most likely go for us at the start of next year. We're not too sure yet. We would have already been trialed, but obviously with everything going on. Anyway, so, um, but I've uh, been a member of the Australian rowing team for the last two years at the World Championships and stuff. So, but before my accident, no, I wasn't an athlete. I definitely would have not called myself that at all. Um, I, uh, I guess I didn't... Um, Really, I didn't have a drive uh, for fitness at all. I, you know, I surfed. I was always an outdoorsy kind of guy. Um, but, you know, I loved drinking beers. I, I played in a band, I, you know, and, and that was kind of where I was at. I didn't really care. I wasn't unfit, but I wasn't fit at all. So that's kind of where I was at, yeah. Yeah, right. And so why rowing? Yeah, rowing, hey. It's crazy because it's freaking hard. It's brutal sport. Um, I... I um, there's a couple of reasons, but like there, there's one obvious reason that is almost like logical is once I got sort of talent ID, um, uh, I, I, it was almost like basically I, I, because I love the water and I've been on the water for most of my life and around the water, I was like, well, I'd like to give rowing a go, um, you know, rather than looking at cycling or athletics or anything like that. So it was rowing a kayak. And then um, from there, it was just, I, I just met the head coach of, of the power rowing team in Australia, Gordon Marks. I met him the next weekend. He flew down to Adelaide and it was just like a really good connection. So I went from that to going, okay, I'm going to give this a go. And that's kind of why rowing. Um, and, you know, I learned as we went along how tough it is and how hard it is. Definitely at some stages there, I was like, you know, you know wow. Okay. Like this is, this is what this sport is and what, what it takes. And so it was a, it was a learning journey as I went. Yeah. Right. And then obviously you've been doing it now for two years, you said. So what's your greatest accomplishment then? Yeah, I guess. So I've been doing it for, yeah, a little over two years now, probably a little closer to three. Um, and I guess my greatest 
greatest accomplishment. Um, I'm very much a, a guy that kind of looks at the whole the whole journey as an accomplishment. I really um, uh, am not one. I'm not a huge, you know, not fan, but I'm not a huge person on a on a single thing or event. Um, although, you know, representing Australia wearing the green and gold at a World Championships, um, like it is probably my greatest accomplishment this this year. Sorry, last year we were able to do that in the men's pair and 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 win silver. Um, it was a crazy race, but uh, a really good one. So that was that's probably up there. Earlier in the year. We won gold um, in a similar event in Italy. Um, so, you know, that as far as uh, winning a race was great. But, you know, just general um, representing the country and, and seeing how far I can push myself is, is my greatest accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. People listening don't know what happened in your, like, your accident. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fill you in. We'll do. Yeah, we're just like you look fit, strong, healthy. Yeah, well, a lot's changed. Um, <laughs> so with my accident, it was 2015. I was working in uh, construction, so I was working in earth moving, and basically I was operating a small digger, uh, digging post, uh, a fence post holes. Uh, long story short, is we it was really unstable ground where we were, very steep driveway basically, and, and the machine tipped over. Um, from there, I kind of rode it down and as a reaction, I put my leg out and it got crushed. My left leg got crushed between basically the cab and the, and the road or the, or the, or the path basically. And yeah. that was, yeah, that was basically how I had my accident. And, and from there, it wasn't severed um, at the scene there. It was, it was a crazy moment there alone, you know, just being stuck under the machine for about 15 minutes was crazy. And then the ambulance ride and, you know, I guess, you know, as that day unfolded, you know, um, you know, having my wife there and the emotions that that brought on and then sort of learning that, okay, best option was getting my leg amputated, you know, and hearing those words. So that's kind of that day alone, yeah, pretty, pretty big day, but that's kind of how it went down. Yeah. Yeah. And were you conscious at that time or what? Like yeah, I was fully conscious. So I, I, um, I was completely awake. So, so, I mean, I was on the machine that the ambulance took about 15 minutes to get there. It was this really weird spot. So they were kind of getting a bit lost and, um, I had, I was really fortunate enough to have the MedStar come as well, which are basically like the GI Joes of the ambulance world. They're amazing. So, um, they came down there as well. They were, they were basically the same at the same time, um, for sort of serious injuries, um, and crush and, and, and sort of, um, uh, yeah, crush injuries and stuff like that. So I, yeah, I was, I was conscious the whole time, like the, the pain. So when I was, when I was sort of looking down at my leg, it was probably, you know, it was probably you know, the width of, of that where my foot was, you yeah. know, and I'm looking down at that. And it was only really from the ankle down. And, you know, at that point, I really didn't feel any pain. It was just like, I just need to get my, you know, get myself out of here because I was just being stuck was freaking me out. And, yeah. you know, I was helping the contractor. I was shoving wood down and we were getting a little bit more, you know, leverage on the machine to get it up and more and more. And, and, and you know, I guess being present at that moment and, and, and uh, and trying so hard to get my leg free, you know, it's something that I look back now and I, I feel I'm like, you know, that was a very strong, powerful moment to be present there and basically, you know, be a part of that. Once we got the leg out, that's when the pain really kicked in um, and stayed obviously conscious still, but just so, so painful, like brutal, brutal pain. 
and then the ambulance med star rocked up and they juiced me up very, very much so. And um, as that was <laughs> as that was kind of happening, um, I remember having this feeling going, like, I just need to stay with it still. I don't want to like go off with the fairies. Like they hit me with a lot of ketamine and I was just like, I was like, here we go. And I was, I was like, I just need to stay present somewhat and just had this little 1% of my mind hold on to the reality of what was happening. And, you know, the rest I was, you know, talking about surfing and weird stuff with the paramedics, like they did to keep your mind off it, and, you know, <laughs> but um, it was crazy. And then, and, and, and then, yeah, like I said, went back to hospital, they flushed me out a bit and, and then we sort of went through it from there. And yeah, that was kind of it. Yeah, right. So when you say your foot was crushed, it was like all the bones completely smashed. Yeah, up. so it was like completely kind of pancaked. Mm. And, um, and, and, and basically what happened, because I was wearing a big kind of strong work boot, um, you know, that's made of rubber and, and, and whatnot, and I had pants. But basically, afterwards, the machine, basically my, my foot's still in a boot. It was split out one end kind of where the toe cap was. But my heel bone, for instance, was like, was sort of, you know, that far so, so if your foot's meant to be like that my, and your heel bone's here my heel bone was like kind of out here because it all just went like, like oh. out like that but then like the boot kind of fixed it once I took the boot off it all just kind of went and crushed like every bone was completely crushed um and then the, probably the biggest thing is why they couldn't really put it back together well um was was just the nerves all the amount of nerve damage and stuff that was there it's just going to be impossible to connect all that up basically some difficult plumbing I'm imagining and, and so they they basically just said look best option is take it off so yeah yeah and then obviously you would have had to go into like a rehab process mm. so taking the foot off and then what happens then like, well that was yeah that's it like it's, you're spot on basically you kind of spend the, the next or well, I spent the next sort of two weeks uh two weeks in hospital really just sort of um I guess uh managing the pain um, as well as the infection, making sure all of that was getting dressed and, 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 and sort of the heal, the wound was healing. Um, and rehab for me started immediately mentally, um, you know, give or take a day or two. There was a couple of very blurry early days that was extremely juiced up and slept a lot, that kind of thing. But day three, really going, okay, I need to, I need to, um, do what I can't see what you know what is this all about and that's when I started on the internet just scouring for information on on one you know amazing people doing amazing things two like all right what's what's the mechanics of a leg like how does it work I was fortunate enough my wife's grandfather um he's an absolute legend Gordon he's a balloon amputee so I mean I was fortunate enough day four or five he came in and showed me his leg and so it's just oh that's my setup and so that was cool. And, and it's still though, like emotionally, I didn't look down. I didn't want to see not a leg there. So I still was very, you know, emotionally it was still that. But um, for, for me, it was one and the same. It was just like, what can I do to keep, you know, physically going, but also emotionally. So, you know, it all came in, in part, but I spent two weeks there and then we moved to um, a rehab center, basically, where you kind of live there for another two weeks. Um, and then that's where, that was basically the first gym I ever walked into was that like gym. It's the first, like, you know, I'm talking like very, it was pretty well set up now I think about it, but it was like people learning how to walk again, you know, no one's in there like crunching like hundred, you know, hundred, hundred kilo cleans and stuff. Like it's very, you know, it was, it was, it was very mellow, but you know, everyone was absolutely kicking goals in there. A lot of, a lot of elderly with, um, 
a lot of amputees and elderly through diabetes and stuff like that, a couple of young crew like myself, but that was the first gym. And that was when, um, like I said, in hospital, when I was sort of in, you know, in the search of, of trying to, I guess, inform myself and then in turn, you know, in doing that, empower myself again, was, um, was you know, I, I read this thing basically to be, to live a good life, live a healthy life as an amputee, you need to be fit, light and strong. Like, that's something that I probably never really ticked the box of before. And I was like, if I'm going to actually, you know, be able to be, you know, have good movement and still do cool stuff. Or I don't know what, I didn't know what it was be at that stage, but just live a happier life. I need to be them. And that's when it, I was, you know, I was like, well, that's, I'm a logical guy. I was like, well, that's logic. That's what I'm going to do then. And so that was the seed that got planted. I was like, fit, light and strong. Those three words, fit, light and strong. And from there it was like, let's do it. Like, let's have, you know, and so that's where it happened. And then the physical stuff when the gym started and went from, I, st- I stayed in a rehab gym for probably, uh, probably six months. And then I started going to like just a sort of generic kind of uh, good luck gym near me for, for a month or two. And then a, a, a guy there saw me that had just, just got his, just basically took over a CrossFit box, like around the corner. And then that's when I was like, He's like, dude, I think you want to do this. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. So that's kind of my journey and yeah. how it happened. Yeah. And would you say that, because like you're talking about you're focusing on positive things. Did you yeah. ever get to a point where you were, like you had some down days where you're like, oh, this isn't physically possible. Like, like did you have that? Did you experience Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I, I absolutely had down days and moments. Um, but uh, like they were very much... Um, I learnt early to 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 like it, basically the way I explain the situation to people is like at that time like just everything was just on like on steroids like as far as focus as far as um, everything you're you're sponging in everything like you know so so I I I really feel like it was almost like you could get you know, it's like if you get a year's work done in a week, it's just like everything, you were just so focused on, on, on everything. And that could be good or bad. You know, if it was focusing on the bad, you could go boom like that down the bad bad path or boom like that down the good one. And so for me, I explained it like I'm choosing the positive, the positive choices here. I'm choosing the opportunities. I'm choosing gratefulness instead of um, blame and hate and, you know, and stuff like that. Like I, I when I, when I got wheeled out of the normal hospital into the rehab hospital I, I was practicing it already you know I, I asked my mum to stop just before I got in the ambulance I turned around I bowed and prayed to the hospital you know I just I don't know I don't even pray but I was just like thank you to the hospital you know I was practicing gratitude then and yeah. just because that's the sort of stuff that I knew I needed to fill myself up with I, I didn't drink for about 18 months so you know not that I think drinking's bad but I just didn't want to even test myself and just that yeah you know i didn't want to put that myself in that vulnerability vulnerable state or whatever so there was just those things that i chose to do and then the days that were shit and the and the times that were shit i i you know i wouldn't let it get too in control of me i would i would you know and there was time you know it might be a whole day or it might be you know half the day or but I would really make sure it wouldn't be more than a day and i would go okay why am i feeling like this you know why am i feeling shit and why do I, what is this emotion, you know, you know, is it hate, you know, is it blame, is it, you know, what is it? And I would try and digest it. And then again, I would pick something that I'm grateful for. I'll pick something and I'll just try. Sometimes it would feel pointless and aimless, but I would 
you know, I, I say to people, it's not, even if it's a small little seed that you plant, it's better than that, ne- you know, negative, you know, you know, force that's there. If you can just plant, I feel grateful for this. Fuck yeah. it. If that's all I got, then I'm happy right now, you know, like, and so I would just always bring it back to stuff like that. And, and that's kind of why my bad, da- my, my bad moments weren't ever more than a half a day, a few hours, a day, a couple, you know, a couple of times. It was always... You know, and then I'd be good and it might fall off again and then whatever. And, and not to say that, you know, still on the good days, I'm completely smiling and happy. I'd still be like, you know, it, it's just it's just that overarching vibe was positive. Let's keep pushing. Let's keep working. Yeah. And I think, too, it's focusing on the blessing and what's happened and then and finding that, what you're saying, that positive um, outlook because you are faced with probably such a overpowering like if you looked at a um, like negative side. So if you can see the the blessing in that, then of mm. course that's going to help drive you forward. And I think that's that's really powerful and, and really cool that you could adapt that. Did you learn that off anybody or is that just something? I think, I, think, I mean, um, it's not like, so again, I didn't, I didn't change as a human being when they actually had landed on me. I was, I've always been a positive guy. Um, but I've got to say, I definitely feel lucky to be um, have the mum and dad I've, I've, I've gotten and brother and sister. The family I've been brought up with has been full of gratitude. You know, we've had our tough times and, and, and everyone does as a family. But um, it's just this overarching gratefulness that we have had and been brought up with. Um, and also, you know, also, you know, it's just, I, I definitely would say it's to that. But then also, I guess... Um, it's just the, the fact that I was tested, you know, I call it, you know, it was a test and, and I'm so grateful now. And, you know, it wasn't even long after the accident that I could say to myself, I'm so fucking grateful for this test. Like, you know, whether it is the loss of my leg, you know, you know, kind of, kind of whatever, like, you know, so I've been tested and now I've, I've learnt and it wasn't like I just instantly knew these things. It was, it was, it's organic. It's not like a computer or it's not like a machine. It's so rigid. And, you know, as a human, you're organic and you, you ebb and you flow and you're, you know, you can be up and you can be down. That doesn't mean happy and sad, but you can, your energies can do this. And so, you know, you got to understand that. And, and, but then also understand consistency is key. And so if you're consistently trying to those things day in and day out in this positive way, then, you're going to get results. And so that's kind of, that's kind of how it all came to be. And then I, because I was tested, I was able to apply these things. And then as I'm doing, I'm going, shit's working. This is amazing. I feel powerful. I'm grateful for the accident, you know, Mm -hmm. losing my leg, losing a bit of body, a bit of blood, a bit of bone is nothing compared to how I've grown as a human. So, you know, and then that's, and then that opened my mind up even further thinking like that. So that's how it happened. Yeah. Yeah, and do you, why do you believe that you've been tested? Uh, well, I don't, it's more so, it's more so. Uh, like, I mean, like, do you think that this was to, um, this happened to you so that you could inspire more with, with the way that you are, like have been brought up where you've been more um, grateful? Sure. Or what's your thought? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think as, as humans, we have, a couple of ways of doing things like sometimes like so we're really good at basically connecting the dots and so you could easily look at me i could easily go look you know this is this is a purpose this is this is you know this is to motivate this has all happened but you know i think it can be a little it can it can be that but you know it can also be it you know it's one of those things you believe in fate it's like it can also be just 
Um, I, I also, you know, leading up to my accident, so I was 28, working in construction, doing my thing. Life was great, you know. Um, but, you know, I was married at 27, so we were going good. We are thinking about having kids and, 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 you know, it was all going good. But I just had this feeling from about 25, I had this feeling, I was like, I've got, there's more here. Like, I fucking, there's so much more to this. I don't know what it is. Is it, do I need to go to my own business? Do I need to do something? And I've always had this drive, um, maybe put it elsewhere in uh, social settings, but never really in other settings of my life. And so I could, sometimes I'm like, I almost asked this upon myself. Like I was like, I'm, I needed the test. And I was like, well, this is it, Jed. Like now you're tested, what do you got? And, and, and maybe it was me asking it, for me just to, to see how, how I would react. And, and I think about that sometimes that's a little bit crazy and far out, but that's sometimes how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. And then I guess, you know, if people can pull anything from it, um, then that's just a bonus. Like I know for a fact that, um, I've, I pull stuff from everyone every day, you know what I mean? And I think it's just an ongoing, I think you've got to be open to that every day, regardless of whoever you are. And so, you know, you can appreciate what people do and how people act and react. And I think you should be open to that every day for sure. And it's, it's part of it. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like if you don't learn what, whatever that lesson is that life's bringing to you, it will come in another form until you're mm. ready to um, take that on board and, and grow as a person. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So tell us about like, okay, so you, like what happens with your, your leg? Do you get like a prosthetic leg? Yeah, I'll whip it off. <laughs> so, so that's it. Yeah, that's it there. So that's are, not, they, are they expensive? Yeah, they're super expensive. Very, very expensive, my apparatus. So being um, covered by work cover, I'm extremely fortunate enough to have my, my legs looked after. So you know, there's countless amount of people out there. I've got a, a you know, a, a good buddy of mine lost his leg uh, with a shark attack. You know, he's not covered. He's got to come up with the, the money himself. And yeah. uh, th there's that side of it that I've also always not struggled with as well. But, you know, it just sucks that it, it is the way it is. But in saying that, I also believe that, like, like I, you know, look at this, this, this buddy of mine, especially, I'm like, yeah, he's had to grind a little harder for certain things but it's just like, he's better for it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. you know, when, so, so yeah, but the legs themselves are expensive. I mean, this one's like, uh, this is my cycling leg. I still got it on. We just, I just went for a ride, but you know, yeah, anywhere between 15 and 25, 30 grand. Wow. Yeah. They're expensive. So, and just like, it's crazy. And, uh, and then, you know, you bring the, um, yeah, have had the opportunity to, to travel the world in the last couple of years and, race different countries and you know rowing boats um it's crazy that sounds but you know when you meet some of these underprivileged countries and FISA the organization that runs rowing basically globally they do a great job in, in inviting these kind of less fortunate countries into regattas training them up trying to get them going and you know you just see you see them and you know you see see some from certain countries and they just look at me and it's like oh you know you're so lucky you know if i could have that leg i'd be dancing and you know it's just like you know it's like wow it's like the it's across it and everywhere, like, you know, you know, like, um, you know, uh, like the, the, the wealth of the world is distributed completely, very unevenly. We all know that. But like when it comes to something like walking and, and something that we take so for granted and, and then we're born to do it and yet some people can't just purely because they can't afford it. It's like, it's hard to swallow sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely appreciate where you are. Yeah, man. Yeah. So tell me about like adapting, like you, like with training and that, how did, how did you go? 
Because it would have yeah. taken a while to get used to it. Yeah. So I guess, first of all, pre-rowing, it was like, uh, well, just what can I do? And, 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 you know, as we went on, it was kind of like, well, I can kind of do everything. I, I, you know, I don't have ankle, ankle flexion, so maybe squatting isn't as deep. You know, obviously my ankle doesn't bend. Yeah. Um, things like that. Um, but it was pretty much everything. There's, there's certain, you know, my leg can slip off if it gets too sweaty, which has happened. Toast to bar, my leg's literally like out the door. So I've got to be careful in that regard. But it's just adapting to... Um, also, the other thing, because I never trained before, I really don't know what the difference was. Because I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that there'd probably be a lot more differences, but because it's just new, it was, oh, this is just how I got to do it. I didn't know how to do it before. So there probably isn't stark differences. Um, I often think, you know, in the fitness, how strong and fit I am now, I go, man, if I had another leg, what I could do? I, I think about that, that would be cool. But, you know, I, I, I don't get bummed out about it or anything like that, but it just interests me. Um, so you are if that was the case you probably what you probably wouldn't be where you are if that was the case <laughs> no nah, dude if it didn't happen if the test didn't happen i wouldn't be where i am 100 percent. i don't I, you know you know i think i'd be doing something pretty cool but not maybe not this no yeah um yeah but, but uh, like one thing is we have to like we have had to adapt is you know just small things like my rowing leg for instance i'll go get it it's two sets just that So this is my rowing leg. Oh yeah. So the difference here is obviously you go up to the take the catch. Say if you're thinking about it on an ergo, you go up to the catch. So this yeah. has got a stopper there that stops my ankle. So I need the I need the movement to be able to get up to the catch and down to the cat and down to the finish. Yeah. And then also I need a stopper to kind of mimic where your I guess where your Achilles stops letting you bend and your ankle joints. So. We've had to make, I mean, I didn't have this to start with. I just had to figure it out myself and play around. My leg for the bike, a little bit different. We've just got a little bit of a different angle on the foot. We just play around with things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And has that affected your knee or your hip at all? Well, funny you say that is I've been riding a fair bit lately because we're not allowed on water and my left hip yeah. um, has played up a little bit. I had the physio look at it and, and it can. I've just got to be careful. Just like anything, if you start a new movement, um, you know, anyone, um, I haven't had a huge amount of issue so far. Probably the biggest issue is um, almost like the sling effect that we have with our body. So, you know, you're, you're, you know you're, say your right leg and your left arm, the way that pulling works is it really slings, especially in a boat, mm -hmm. rowing sweep is, is, and so my thoracic and especially my right side thoracic gets a little um, jacked up there and stuff. So, but with good consistent mobility work and physio, it's just like, you know, it's fine yeah and when you say mobility work do you mean stretching or do you mean like using weights to get into certain ranges or more so stretching um but uh like a mixture of static stretching and and you know the other you know just moving through stretching and, and just stuff like that that's probably my mobility that i'm sort of talking about there just keeping keeping um uh just keeping moving keeping thoracic moving very well for me that's a big thing um and my hamstrings nice and loose that's that's a big thing which is just all normal for me it's just you know a couple of sessions a day before i row or before i ride or whatever and then i want it like yeah. yeah i think like i train a lot of people and if, when it comes to when you say oh you've got to work on your mobility stretching out they're just like 
why would I do that? I'm like, oh my God, that's so important. It's probably a little bit more important than just moving, mm. getting some range in there because you're so tight from yeah. start. It's so true. And it's like longevity too. It, like it's going to give you longevity in those movements. And, you know, it, it, I've, I've learned, you know, uh, I've learned that, yeah, we, we, you know, you can, and the thing is, is you can, it doesn't seem it when you start, but you can get better at it. See, I don't, people, people just think, oh, well, I can just, I can't touch my toes. And it's like, you, you can't, you just got to keep trying. Like, I, you know, people don't think you can get better at it. And um, I mean, there are some amazing, amazing people that have mobility. I've had amazing coaches throughout my circle that just, you know, can just the, just the places they can put their body and how much power they have in those certain positions is, is amazing. So I look at that and go, yeah, well, that's why I do it. But, you know, and yeah, partly as well is just to keep me moving. I, 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 especially my thoracic, I've just got to always have that. If I have a day or two off a rower or a, or a, uh, or, or the water, like it's just no good. I've always, I've just got to keep my back going. Backs, backs are a big thing with rowers and ribs. So, yeah, it's amazing. Hey, that when you don't move for a couple of days and then you're like all tight and you're like, oh my God, it's, it, I just needed to get down on the ground and just, you know, move around a little bit and I would have been fine. But yeah, um, you definitely sort of, I guess, especially as you age, you kind of stiffen up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you do, mate. You really do. Yeah. You get to keep on to it. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy. Stretching is going to be, I think, the big thing coming out, leaning forward. Um, reckon? Yeah, I think that. And I reckon, yeah. like, I'm going to say this because I'm a girl, but strengthening the glutes. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people think, oh, just do the legs. And you're like, no, having strong glutes really helps um, with a lot of movements. Oh, so many movements. So, so many movements. It's such, it's like the biggest muscle group. And it's just like, it's in the center of your body. It just helps with everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know, Jed, like, because you, because you are a positive person and yeah. like I'm telling you that, but what's the inner drive like for you to keep going every single day when it gets hard? Like you're obviously a father to two um, beautiful kids and yeah. like is it family or is it, is it something inside, deep inside you? Yeah, I think um, for sure family in a way, definitely. Like I think, um, you know, I, I definitely think of them, you know, when, when it's hard or, 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 you know, when I say I don't feel like getting out of bed, you know, and, you know, but really, like I've got to say, it's super personal. It's, and it's, it's not like wearing, putting a gold medal. It's not putting a gold medal around my neck in, in Tokyo. It's not, you know, it's not wearing the green and gold. All these things are amazing and absolutely a little bit of spice on top. But for me, it's like, it's just simple. It's like, how far can I go? How hard can I go? It's like, it's like, that's what drives me. It's like, how fit can I be? It's like, if you strip me down butt naked, not necessarily, but if you took all the other crap away, you know, like, it's like, it's still just me and whatever it may be, whatever the tool is, whatever the, uh, the medium is, if it's rowing, if it's cycling, if it's running, if it's a relationship, if it's, you know, if it's, career it's like how good how far can i go how good can i go how, you know it's, and that's really what it is for me it's like how hard can i go how good can i be how that's what it is yeah yeah i think that's really inspiring yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> and i think a lot of people um like i feel like they want to have that drive as well and i i think a lot of the time people think that it's just like a natural thing that you you mm. feel that way but i it comes down to you just constantly re-talking yourself into that do you think the same like yeah yeah you got it yeah absolutely i think it probably stemmed from me going 
I think this is where it stemmed from going, all right, well, I've lost my leg. Like, are you good? And you're asking those questions, Jetty, are you good? No, I'm good. All right, well, how good are you? Like, it was like, how, how you know, can you do this? Like, it, was, it really started from that and then it developed into, all right, all right, now how far can I take this and push this? But it's consistently telling myself that, 100%. It's, it's, you can't drop the ball on it. And it's, it's, you know, that's, you know, you know, and it helps when you have amazing people around you training super hard as well. And you can kind of go, okay, well, you know, wow, that's how you bloody do it, eh? All right, that's how I'm going to apply myself now. And that's, um, you know, learning training, learning training intent, you know what I mean? It's not necessarily technique or anything. It's just like how someone applies themselves day in and day out consistent, consistently. And it's like learning all of that um, is a part of it. Um, and then, yeah, it comes down to, for me, just how, how far I want to take it. But always reminding yourself that um, and not dropping the ball, you know. And, and it comes to a time where you might be like, oh, it's time to move on now. It's, you know, whatever it may be. And, and you know, and, and apply that to something different. But I think you can apply that to, like I was saying, everywhere, every aspect of your life. I mean, it's good to do it. Absolutely. So what's going on with the Olympics now that it's um, yeah. can't um, what do you do for training? Because from my understanding, obviously you train up to a certain point so that you can do your trials and you work out from there. Um, what are you doing? Yeah, so it's crazy. So we're basically, I know, we're meant to have trials. So we're meant to be already selected. Uh, but we had, we had basically a, a little a, a medical episode with one of the, um, one of the crew, nothing too crazy. Uh, they decided to postpone, but in that time, postpone for a couple of weeks. COVID-19 just sparked up and, and since then, obviously, everyone knows what's going, going on. Um, and then, I guess on that front, it's like, it took a while for everyone, uh, for, for the IOC to basically make the call on, on what they're doing in the Olympics and Paralympics, uh, which from the get and from the way it was happening overseas here, for me, it was frustrating. I was just like, make a, you know, make a call. And I, for me, the call was to postpone every day. Like, when it started to get serious, you know, in the sense of countries locking down and certain, you know, and, and people panic buying toilet paper and just like got to the point where it's just like, now's not the time to be focusing on this. Um, I could call it, it's not, it's not selfish goal, but like when you're in the mix of it, like me and you're going day in, day out, and you've also got a family mm -hmm. to care for and look after, it's hard to put yourself through the grind every day and just think about yourself. And yeah. so for me, that was hard. And so I was so, so relieved when they pulled the pin on it and just said, look, we're going to do it now. Um, my training hasn't, you know, my intent in training hasn't changed. I'm not training any less. It's been different. So the biggest thing is obviously, is, as we all know, Australia-wide, gyms are closed. I mean, worldwide, I'm pretty sure they're closed. But like, so gyms are closed. We can't train on water. So basically, no interaction. Um, thankfully riding a bike so so that's the biggest change with me has been no on water which sucks yeah. um that's where we do obviously our volume and do all our, a lot of our work um we cross train with the bike and the ergo obviously but now it's really turned into you know using the bike cross between the bike and the ergo to, to also do the volume i'm probably leaning more toward a lot of people probably leaning more toward the bike to get the volume in as far as the fitness base is concerned, um, you can't do it too long on the air, you know what I mean? You can go for a three-hour ride, but you jump on the air for three hours every day and then blow back out. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it's changed. But, it, you know, we, we, we had a bit of an up-in-the-air week, a bit of a breath week two weeks ago that the coach said, look, just go, you know, well, we have to go and go home now and we'll just have, you know, tick along every day, nothing crazy, whatever, an hour here, an hour there. 
So we did that and then we finally got back into it with a proper structured program two weeks ago. And it's taken a little bit to get used to, um, but with a good team around you, like I said, so, you know, we're all connecting on this and it's like, we're still accountable. So, you know, like this morning I finished my session and I just instantly on training feeds uploaded a form to the team. All right, this is what I've done already. What do you, you know, what do you got? You know, it's just like, and so it, that's helped as well, you know, and um, one of the young boys, uh, Oscar came up with that idea early days. It's just like, we got to, I don't know what we got to do here, boys. We got to do something, you know, guys, we got to do something. Um, so that was cool. Um, and now for us, it's, it's a little bit up in the air as far as tr when trialing's going on. So hopefully, Hopefully I'll find out soon. I'm guessing because it's all set back exactly 12 months that we're just going to go back to trialing in May next mm. year again um, and then go from there. So this year it's just steady, steady build, like build that platform, build that volume. Uh, we do a lot of that in our sport and it's kind of physically and, and um, you know, how our sport. So we do a lot of like long T2 heart rate, you know, sort of, stuff and so that's kind of what we'd probably do a bit more of and then we start sharpen up and then taper and then trial and then kind of go again and taper then compete that's kind of how it looks and like from my understanding what you said before you need to be light for rowing is that correct oh that's more just i needed to be light fit and strong but i mean it helps to be yeah you don't necessarily need to be light you, you need to be it's not like say say body build type say for for rowing is not necessarily lean um you can be big guy big girl strong you just gotta make sure you've got the power to back that up um and then you're good you know what i mean it's you know it's good to be long and tall you means you you know you're gonna have a longer stroke um but you ultimately need to be extremely fit um so it, like really some of the highest vo2s uh, are, are, are rowers um so really really big fitness base there and, but then also strength um, and, and, you know, weight's not a big deal. You know, a lot of the men will sit around not, you know, somewhere between high eighties and a hundred kilos, a few of them are over a hundred kilos. And this is like lean guys. So you're talking very, very strong hundred kilo guys, but you know, they're like six, 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 seven kind of big, big guys. I'm six, two, I'm 85 kilos, 82 with a leg off. Um, <laughs> So, you know, um, yeah, that's kind of, you, you don't, in comparison to say a cyclist as well, is say cyclists, and especially road, will have really big, you know, good strong legs, quite lean, you know, they don't need the extra weight where we can get away with it. We do need to be strong up top still. Um, just really good hinge movement, obviously with the bodies, but legs are biggest driver. I think, I don't know for sure, but it's like 67, 60, 65, 70% of the stroke power comes from that leg drive at the start. Um, and then followed by your body, then your arms. Um, so that's kind of how, how our body shape kind of is. Yeah. yeah. So how do you like train for strength for that? Like is it yeah. weights or is it like, what do you do? Yeah, so it's weights. So it's a general, um, it's a general weight cycle. Like you kind of traditional, uh, your traditional kind of, I don't know the exact, like correct terms and stuff like i'm not a i'm not a trainer but like for instance it's it's not it's not like a, you're cro it's not crossfit kind of like so coming from crossfit i like love that and then getting into the normal gym is like oh, just go do your squats and bench press and then go do your that and that you know what i mean it's very like that and, and building up the move it's very specific movements to what you're doing you know what i mean we do single leg presses um we you know like a lot of like hip lifts uh you know a few a little bit of kettlebell stuff a little bit of pushing. We don't use a lot of chest, but just to counteract the back, we do a lot of pulling exercises. 
strength. Um, and it will go from sort of volume building, sort of raw power and strength to as we start to get into, um, it'll change. We'll go through phases of it'll be more explosive jumps, you know, and, and, and repetitive explosive power, we call it. Um, circuits stuff like that so that's kind of it probably kind of sits in between those kind of couple of things this sun's doing weird stuff to my head let me see if i can move <laughs> there we go so in saying that like how how do you make sure that your other leg has the strength in it because obviously um the leg that you um have would already have like a i don't know how to explain it do you know what i mean like how do you balance out the strength in both legs yeah, well, we've tried. So you come up, you come up with it. You can come at it with two tacks. Like first tack is, all right, let's try and match up with legs here. That's obvious. Let's say two powerful legs. Yeah. You know, it's going to prevent you know, injury and whatever. But we learn. You learn pretty easy that you're just not going to be able to make. I'm not going to be able to make my left leg, my left glute as strong as my right. Uh, like um, it's just the way it is. Um, you can you can definitely build on it though. So that was the thing. It was like. Uh, we can we can target certain movements and we play around with I uh, like weird these weird machines I've never seen that we've got at Sassy here that just I don't know, like this thing I don't even know what it is I have no idea what it's called but anyway it targets my left glute amazingly so I jump on that sucker and I uh, you know there's a few things that we try and just make sure the left is is getting as much as it can um, but ultimately the right is just going to be it's so much bigger and stronger than my left so the other thing was like well not to uh, we don't want to make the right you know, plateau the right, we still need it. So it was just like, we got to one time, that's one point there we were like, oh, let's try and even it up. And then we kind of got to a point, and this was like early days, but you're kind of learning what's good and what's bad, you know? And, and then I think the strength, S&C coach is like, look, yeah, I think we're just going to make you right as strong as we possibly can. I think your body's going to be fine. Let's just do it. And so since then, you know, the last 18 months has been like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And we've just got to be, like I said, the movements, I've never really had any issue with injuries. I don't know, my body just adapts to it, you know, it just figures it out, yeah. I guess, in a way, yeah. Does that affect your stroke in the water? Like It the doesn't, no. Like, I know a lot of people say, so even with a skull, so I row, like, like um, my national, bo uh, international boat sweep, so that's one oar, so you only, I'm only rowing on one side of the boat, so you're never going to really notice that, but... Um, uh, you train a lot in a single. So yeah, two oars on either side and you would think that I would go not straight, but I just go straight for some reason. And I don't, like everyone's like, you go, and I was like, yeah, we, I do. I just don't know whether, you know, that's why maybe my right side of my back's jacked up because because that sling effect, we thought this is, because if you think that's not my right arm is slinging with my left leg, which is my weak leg. And so maybe I'm jack really pulling through and, you know, I'm not noticing and, and so maybe a bit of that, um, but we don't, you know, it, it's straight on water. So I don't hit too many boys, which is good. Yeah. Maybe you're like consciously thinking that you're going to go straight. So you're just automatically doing that. That's it. I think that's what it is. It's just consciously thinking. It's manifesting straight lines. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously your, um, your future goals now are to go um, through to the Olympics. Do you have any other goals that you want to smash out? Yeah, I, I mean, we'll stay on the fitness one, I guess the fitness tip for now. I, I'd love to do a marathon, so um, I'd love to do that. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that before, before Tokyo, um, depending on selection. When I get selected, then I think I'll knuckle down to something like that before, um, and, you know, a, a few things like that. And I'd like to do a triathlon, so I'd like to tick a couple of things off like that. 
I'd also like to sink my teeth back into the adaptive CrossFit world and maybe go over to Waterpalooza or something like that. Um, uh, I'd like to sort of do a couple of those things. And then on the other side of it is um, developing talks and stuff. So I've done a few talks at schools. Um, I love doing it. So I, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that's kind of once the intenseness of training at this elite level and the time and dedication it takes fades away uh, when that does, you know, whether it's in a year or four years, um, that's I'm definitely can't keep building that and keep pushing that um, and developing a product or just having my, you know, my face in as many schools as I can get in and, and, you know, workplaces and stuff like that. So Jed, how can people get in contact with you? Like, obviously they're listening in and if they would like to um, yeah. speak, how do they, how do they contact you? Yeah, well, uh, the, the, probably the easiest way is Instagram and Facebook. Um, my Instagram, you can obviously put my name in to both of them, Jed Altschwager and you'll find me. There's not too many Jed Altschwagers around, so um, I'm there. Um, my Instagram handle is New Boots Old Jeans. Um, new Boot Old Jeans, actually. I changed it, so I had to tag New Boots Old Jeans before I lost my leg, and then some guy made a comment of like, oh, you've only got one boot now, so I changed New Boot Old Jeans. Um, he was a mate of mine. Um, and uh, so that's kind of, that's my Instagram handle there. I do a lot, I do a lot on both. Um, I've got a couple of things on YouTube that I've done early days and I'm going to do a little bit more of that. But, um, you know, um, Instagram and, you know, Instagram and Facebook, and there's emails attached to both. DM me. Um, I get heaps of DMs from, you know, around the world, around the country. So I always like interacting and helping out when I can. Yeah. Cool. And anyone that's listening, I'll pop, um, pop Jed's. Um, Instagram, Facebook, and email in the um, in the comments below, so that, that way they can get direct access to you. So, Jed, I'd love to know before we hop off the call here, what's your advice for everybody that's listening? Like, obviously, with um, the coronavirus, um, there's lots of people indoors and, and they're a bit fearful, um, but want to still train and still want to get you know that that feeling from training, that de-stress. Um, so, what would you? What's your advice? Yeah. Okay. I think, um, uh, I think firstly is, you know, regardless of whether it's training or, or whether it's your work or your career or whatever is I sort of touched on it before with me is, is we all have an amazing opportunity right now. Um, the world's completely stopped slowing down. Um, and we all have an opportunity to be able to do the same. Um, and in doing that, you know, we can grow as we can grow as as a person. Um, you can grow as a person, and I think being able to slow down and, and really try and figure out for you what's uh, what equals happiness. And and you know, sometimes when you're caught up in the rat wheel of life, and you you know you're going to work and trying to earn money and whatnot, and you know you can lose that. But you know, if you're forced, unfortunately, you know a lot of people are forced. They lost their jobs, and that's tough. You know, but so did losing my leg, and it's you know it didn't stop me from looking for the opportunities. So I'd you know I'd, I'd say start look for the opportunities, and if that's spending more time with your family, or or it's or it's you know planning you know your next step when the world sort of gets back going and the cogs start turning again. Um, and then the other thing is is just to remember to keep moving and keep fit. Um, we're very fortunate enough, you know, most parts of Australia we can get outside. You know, even if it's just by ourselves or with your partner, with your housemate or whatever, you can you can get outside. Um, just keep keep get out there, do what you can, um, and and 
keep moving. It's very important, but also understand that, you know, this hard time isn't, isn't necessarily, it doesn't have to be a bad time. You know, there are amazing opportunities here for individuals, for countries, for states, for government, governments, you know, you name it. And I, I truly hope that we all um, grab the opportunities because, you know, it's, I think it's a powerful time. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, the best news ever, but it's powerful and, and, and let's use the power as good as we can. You know? Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, <man. laughs> Cool. Well, everyone listening, get ready for Jed's next motivational speech. <laughs> so you were saying on um, YouTube that you do like a little um, series. Tell us about that. So yeah. I mean, I, again, you could probably look it up with Jed. I'll try to, uh, we, we did a few early days. I was, I, I got very much into, okay, like let's do as much as we can. And you know, and I've tried a lot of things and I've, I've loved everything I've done. I've learned so much from doing it. Um, so there's a little bit online there. If you typed in Jet Ultra or New Boot Old Jeans, you'll find it on YouTube. Um, it's just things on resilience or uh, how to foster gratitude and things like that. That's kind of what's up there. Um, but a buddy of mine, uh, Brad, he's, he's, he's Driftwood um, on, on Instagram there. He, uh, he contacted me out of the blue, somewhat out of the blue, uh, yesterday. And we had a little chat and he's like, dude, look let's do some stuff. I don't know how we can do it, but he's, you know, he's, he's the videographer guy. He's really talented in editing. He's like, let's do some stuff. So maybe, you know, in the next couple coming weeks, I'm probably going to have a few more newer ones out there, especially at these, you know, trying times for everybody. So hopefully there'll be some fresh stuff up soon. Awesome. Well, I look forward to tuning in and yeah, see thank you. Yeah. Thanks mate. Thank you. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the zoom podcast today. Um, yeah. First one. Yeah. First one. <laughs> And it's been really enjoyable listening to um, the way that you think. I think that's really, really fascinating. I think a lot of people can um, um, take your um, take that as inspiration and change the way that they think um, towards what's going on in right now, and then also for their life moving forward. I think that's really powerful um, way of thinking. So I think that's really cool. So thank you so much. Uh, thanks so much for having me. The opportunity is, yeah, very, very good. Thanks for listening in, guys. If you're on Apple, please leave a five-star written review. If you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. All right, I'll see you next week with the next inspiring story.